stay there. You know what? I believe that every single person on this planet can make a difference. And I believe that we all have something to offer, something that's so unique that it will change somebody else's life. I believe we all deserve to step into our true selves. And I believe that every single person needs to feel great about themselves. I want you to step into who you truly are and I want you to make a difference for somebody else and for yourself. And I don't think it's that hard. It's a matter of putting one step in front of the other and just taking action. And I'm interviewing guests that have done just that. I'm Karen Vaughan. This is the Get Off The Bench podcast. And here is where you can make that decision to make your life count. It all starts with you saying yes. Howdy and welcome back to another week of the Get Off The Bench podcast. Now, last week I did an episode all by myself, yes, I'm a big girl now, about quitting and, uh, you know, really, really taking the stigma away from it and, the, and that it's okay to quit. You know, if that's really, if something's really not bringing you joy, it's okay to quit. And today I have got somebody who is definitely not quitting and he's only just getting started he's 16 and he's already like running three companies and wow I mean I'm tired just thinking about what he does but um at 16 he's just absolutely phenomenal so coming from Scotland uh, I've got Lewis Swire so I reckon I should stop talking and we should just get straight into it so welcome Lewis hello good to be here Oh, great to meet you. You are unbelievable. Well, actually, I do believe you because I, I know that it's possible for young people to make have such an impact, but you, I just get so excited. And everyone knows, everyone who's been listening to this knows that whenever there's a young person and they're changing the world, man, I love it. So I'm so happy to have you here. Amazing. It's a pleasure. Now, tell me this, you're 16, right? I, I, well, I'm i going to go through it, but I'm just going to read for a minute. You've done Aurora Bath Bombs and Cheeky Lemonade, The Curious Times, um, Global Young Entrepreneur Society, Scrannables, like you, you this, by 16 and you started when you're 10. I don't even know. Some people don't even do that much in a whole lifetime. So in the 16, where does this entrepreneurial spirit come from? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um I suppose I've always been quite a self-driven individual um, and quite self-motivated, like away from like a school curriculum or what my parents say I should be doing. Um, <laughs> so, and I, I think actually a lot of that comes from, I mean, I went to like a Montessori nursery, which I, I'm like a big advocate for, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I think that follows on from what a lot of entrepreneurs have done, like Jeff Bezos, um, like the founders of Google, so many different people. Um, but I think they teach quite a, a self-driven uh, and self-led mindset towards learning yeah and I think that's definitely carried through and um and motivated me to to do like similar things at, at my age yeah for sure and I, I also love to keep busy like like you'll never see me not doing something you know even if I'm in the car in class I'll always be working at something you know um, <laughs> it's great I, I love to keep busy love to not waste a single second I'm yeah. always doing something so, yeah. I'm with you. I can't stand wasting a minute. I'm on the go from the minute I wait. Actually, as soon as I open my eyes, 
bam, my brain's turned on and I drive everybody nuts. It's like, shush, shush, <laughs> it's too early for that. Well, I love, I, love the, I love Montessori schools and I love all of those kind of schools that um, – uh, look, people who listen to this podcast know I've got a I've got a shitty view of schools, the school system. I think there's some great teachers, but I think they're just they're struggling within a system that doesn't work for all kids. And you know, when when we've got these other options, I think it's absolutely fantastic. Now you're a high achiever. I'm gonna I'm just gonna take a punt on that because you're saying, oh, I've got to be busy, busy, busy. But you know, um, I wrote the book Magnificent Kids, as you know, and. Often what we do with kids is we shut them down. Do you, you know, we we you're only a kid. How would you know? You know, do it when you're grown up, all of that kind of stuff. How do we, and you might not know the answer to this, but I just love this because if there's any parents listening, how do you recognize that gift in kids? Well, like from your perspective, how would we see it? How would we recognize it? Well, that's another good question. Um well. I suppose, like, I think, I think parents like a big, big part of their job is to listen, um, and from listening carefully, like you can recognise that um, your your child is very passionate about doing a specific thing, um, and probably quite ambitious as well, and you can tell from like their attitude and what they're saying, um, and I think, well, recognising it is quite difficult, but I, and I think the child has a big part to play in that, but. As soon as you do, you need to you need to create like a, a safe environment and a supportive environment for growth mm. um, where the child feels like they can be themselves. They can experiment, try new things. I think that's one of the most wonderful things about being a child. Yeah. You know, and I, I say this to other people about being a young entrepreneur is such an advantage. I mean, like age discrimination is one thing we were just saying there. Yeah. But um, like I don't have a, a family relying on me providing a safe salary. Like I can take risks while I'm young. You know, it's such a beautiful thing. And I feel like it's only going to be there for a certain amount of time, so I've got to I've got to use it while it lasts. But I think that's definitely one of the the most wonderful things about being a young entrepreneur and, and being in a safe enough space to try out new things and take risks. And and from that, I think young people are so versatile and and we're we're excellent at learning from failure. Um, yeah, and I'm also a big fan of lifelong learning, so yep. I would encourage young people to take that attitude through life that they learn in that safe environment you know yeah but definitely listening is a big thing and and then you know creating a culture where they can flourish from there and believing in them you know it's it's just because if a kid has an idea just help them out you know just give them give them the opportunity to try it now i love that you you um i think that there are also high high i would call you a, a very very talented person and in fact probably leaning on the you know That's the genius, nice. genius, and you know that kind of stuff. So there are kids with passion. No, you don't think you're genius. Oh, let me finish, right? Don't you interrupt? Um, <laughs> okay, okay, I will. That's very rude. <laughs> but I think there are kids that are just have really got something. You know, that is just a talented, very, very talented. But there's other kids that have got really really passionate about stuff and both should be well all kids should be shut up Karen I just better stop talking because otherwise I'm going to sound like kids that don't have it shouldn't be supported and that's not true at all I want to talk about your talent with your ballet and your hockey now you are a very talented hockey player and you are your ballet now I don't 
Um, it's in the bio if anybody wants to read it, but uh, Lewis is doing ballet in all these extraordinarily high levels um, in Scotland. And um, I don't know, why ballet? You're, you reminds me of that film. You know, there was a film when there was a young boy doing ballet. Do you remember that? Was it, it Billy Elliot? Yeah, Billy Elliot. Yeah, that was yeah, it. so good. Oh, it's brilliant. I love that film so much. Yeah. yeah I, I would rewatch that any day of the week. You actually look yeah. a bit like the boy that was um, playing the character. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, well, I'll take that as a compliment any day. That's <laughs> fabulous. Um, yeah, but why ballet? I mean, so many reasons. Well, first of all, I, I got like, I tried out ballet when I was three. So I don't know if I was in like a position to say like, oh, this is exactly what I want to be doing in like, yeah. I don't know, 13 years time. But um, no, but it, it is. And I've loved it ever since for for plethora of reasons you know um i mean nowadays like the the sense of escape that it offers me um to to break away from everything i'm doing in in my normal life like school exams or business or anything like that i can't focus on anything but the ballet i'm doing while i'm while i'm in class it's it's yeah. wonderful it's like nothing else um and because of that because you're focusing on such like technical exercises it completely clears the mind and i think it's I think it's brilliant for your mental health um, and, and for your, yeah, for your mind to be clearer, making the best decisions in business, school, um, personal life, everything. Um, and I, I also just love it. Like, I, I'm really passionate about dancing in itself and as an art form. Like, I, I love watching it. And Well, actually, I, I didn't originally love watching it, but I, I've grown towards it, you know. Yeah. Um, but dancing, it's a diff it's different gravy. Well, I dance every morning. I go for a walk up the, you know, I live on a farm and I go for a walk up the drive and then I dance for three songs. And I think if we put you and I side by side um, and dance, oh, I think people would be telling me, sit down, Karen, that's not that's not dancing. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I'm, I'm sure your dancing is wonderful, Karen. I'm sure it is. Are you way um, too polite? <laughs> no no it's great fun but dancing in any sort you know um yeah. i'd highly recommend i mean you know yourself it's brilliant it, it's it brilliant. is and it yeah it releases so many endorphins i mean it makes you happy it really does i love starting the day like that and it's just that we don't really dance we just move it's just movement we just throw our bodies around like you know floppy fish that kind of stuff but um it, it is it is it really clears your mind I, and i love that you're doing that and you know some people can um i love that you're so young and you've actually figured that out because a lot of people go through life and they burn out you know they they want to be an entrepreneur and you know they follow all that sort of that pathway but they burn out because they don't have that opportunity to have the mindfulness in there. But um, I love that you figured that out so young and that, that's powerful. Yeah. Mm. I think a lot of entrepreneurs actually, they, they they have something else that they're very good at or they do to a high level, um, usually sport actually as well, um, and for good reason. I mean, also a lot of entrepreneurs value team sports as well, Yeah. Um, yeah. which sadly I don't do as much of anymore because of the ballet. But um no, it's, it's still great fun, though, for sure. Yeah, I love it, love it. Now, um, let's go into your businesses. And, <laughs> you know, this is, I, I remember, I remember we connected on LinkedIn and then I looked at your profile and it's like, 
Uh, I think it was Scrannables was the last thing, and I thought, that's impressive. That's good. And then I went back down through the car, and I thought, oh, my God, look at all these things. And 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 one of them I saw, you know, he started in, I don't know, 2010 or something like that, and I was like, he, he can't have even been three. Like, he must have been such a baby. But you you started um, Aurora Bath Bombs when you were 10 years yeah. old. So how does a 10-year-old go, oh, I think I might make some bath bombs. How did yeah, that happen? well, that's kind of like what it was because I didn't, I didn't go out um, for Aurora Bath Bombs saying like, oh yeah, I, I want to be an entrepreneur for like a title or you know to to acquire a name or anything. Like it just sort of happened, you know, because I'm very passionate about people similarly to you, um, and I I love bringing people together for like a a communal cause, you know. Yeah. And I had a bunch of friends. And I was like, hey, guys, do you want to make some bath bombs? And they were like, yeah, for sure. And then and we all got together. Um, I built a website, um, an online, I think I used like maybe Wix or, or Squarespace or something. Like it was just one of the, the bog standard like website platforms. And it was great. And we just sold to the local community from there. They were all handmade. Um, we had like different collections. I mean, actually, it was really well thought out for it, considering my age at the time. Like, I look back on it, and I'm like, wow, I was able to do that? That's cool. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we had, like, a planetary connect collection with, like, Mars, Pluto. It was awesome. Yeah. Wow. But then I closed it down. Yeah. What, because... Why did you close it down? That's a good question. Um, probably because it was, like, creating a massive mess in my living room. <laughs> um, and my parents didn't like it. But, uh, no, I'm just joking. I can't remember actually. I guess I just moved on in life. Ah, so, um, it was great fun though. It was great fun. And at the time, like, I was just doing what I loved. I really liked bath bombs. Like, we had Lush in the UK, big, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, bath bomb place, Lush. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, every time I pass the shop, it smells so good, but it was always so expensive. So I thought, like, well, how can I afford Lush as opposed to I can't afford Lush? And then I was like, I can make my own bath bombs and then make money from that myself. <laughs> And then I was like, oh, but I ended up selling to my headmaster and everything. It was it was great. It was great fun. Yeah. I love it. You know, I love that you'd like, I'll make the bath bombs and, oh, I'll just make a website, you know, that kind of stuff. Most 10-year-olds aren't thinking about a website. I know in this house, um, my stepdaughter, you know, the slime, I don't know if you had the slime phase yeah. you know and it was like oh no and she ruined all of our containers do you know with, with all this slime and everything else but there was no thought of a website you know it was just like mm. you know i oh, know we did go through the candle candle making phase with her yeah we did do that now um bath bombs to cheeky lemonade uh, yeah so why what's cheeky lemonade how did you do that well, like I was saying to you before, like we had this really, really hot summer in the UK um, and in classic entrepreneurial style, I was like, this is an opportunity, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, so, I mean, I still like lemonade to this day. Um, I mean, for good reason, who doesn't? Yeah. But um, I was like, again, I gathered together a group of friends and we bought loads of ingredients, bought like an industrial grade mixer, uh, <laughs> put all my money into it loads of bottles and like a mini bottling machine and then we produced loads and loads of lemonade on the weekends and then we'd just sell it on the weekdays uh, after school and it was great great like literally i mean it was probably not legal to sell on the streets but like it was just outside my house so i mean everyone was like 
it brought together the the local community as well because everyone was like you know uh gathering around the stall and and in fact right at the start we used to sell it out of like wine glasses yeah <laughs> and then and then they'd have, they'd have to drink on the spot and then place it back and then we could wash them but um no that was really good fun as well um yeah well, why are you do it why do you do it with a bunch of mates like you know what's what's why do you because a lot of entrepreneurs just go I'm going to do it myself you know I'm just going to do this yeah. but you're very inclusive like you're bringing all your mates on board you know why what, what's that about I think it's great yeah no 100% like I, I'm super passionate about bringing people together um and I, I really value and believe in the team as a whole and what yeah. we can achieve um yeah. when we're all together and working towards uh, a common cause and I I mean it's one thing to to mention that in like Cheeky Lemonade or, or something else but I think that's very evident in what we've managed to achieve through the CT like there's no chance I would have been able to do that just by myself it's a massive team effort but I also think we should carry that through into much bigger movements like the climate change movement and everything this you yeah. know you've got to work as a team to be able to achieve something that big yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm a, I'm a real believer in, in team spirit and yeah. bringing people together. And I, I love that you, um, I still can't believe though at 12, we went and got an industrial maker and we, <laughs> most kids yeah. just sit out with a, put a, to put a table and chairs out the front drive, in front end of their driveway and just sort of sell five cents a glass, you know, to passers by, but you went and got the industrial stuff. Oh, I, well, that's I how we started it. though. You know, you got to start somewhere, start small and then enter it. I yeah. love that that you say that, and I tell people that all the time. People get overwhelmed by the big picture. It's kind of like, well, I, yeah. there's so much to do. I don't know what to do. And I just say people start. Just take one yeah. small step. It doesn't actually matter what it is because that will get the momentum, you know, and everything will keep going from there. But I, I love that you've said that. Now, yeah. moving on, because, uh, you know, we've got a long list of your your businesses to get through. <laughs> you started the Curious Times. Now, if I'm looking at these dates, I reckon, oh, what uh, what, what have we got three years ago? You're about 13. Is that is that about right? No, that's yeah. right, yeah. 13, you I think started. I was, oh, was I 12? No, no, I was 13, I think, yeah. Just turned 13 maybe, yeah. Wow. So the so tell us about the Curious Times. Yeah, I mean, can you guess how it started? Brought together a group of friends. You brought to better. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, well, uh, I was actually sitting on the couch just behind me. Um, and I was thinking, because it was uh, it was in the first of, like, the big lockdowns in the UK for COVID. Uh, and I was, I was sitting down, I was thinking, like, I can't see my friends, you know, like, it was also in the Easter holidays. So actually, it was like, oh, my goodness. It was like three years ago, or four years ago, whatever, today. It must have been, or in the 14th, maybe, of April. Oh, um, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. So really soon, actually, our anniversary. Thanks for reminding me. But, um, That's all right. Yeah, just looking. I, was, I was sitting around and I was thinking, like, wow, this is, like, quite isolating, you know? Yeah. Uh, I feel quite disconnected from, like, the life I, I led just a few weeks ago. Um, yeah. And I saw this as an opportunity, though, because I saw this as an opportunity to build a platform for young people to connect and uh, still explore their creativity. And the only real opportunity here was online. So uh, what I did is for like a, a week and a half, I built uh, another website. And then I think it was actually on Wix again. 
but uh, trusty wicks, you know, and gather to, to gather together a group of friends, um, which Again. formed the first editorial board. Um, and then from then, we just all wrote about our passions. And then we did something really interesting in the next big lockdown, which was called Isolation Stories. And we yeah. collected isolation stories from Dubai, uh, Australia, India, all around the world. Uh, and and we still got those on the website today, which is a really like interesting archive of that time and yeah. how people from around the globe were experiencing lockdown as well. Um, but today, because of the team effort, uh, which I'm a big believer in, it's, it's grown into several hundred thousands uh, of readership from over a hundred different countries. Wow. Uh, multi-award winning it's it's been such a transformational journey for me personally as well yeah. mostly I mean listening to the the stories from those impacted by the curious times has been incredibly motivational for me to continue going as well wow. um and I mean there are there are some people who now I would call like really really close friends of mine who I never would have met without the curious times and and the Curious Times is actually how I met my business partner for two other different projects who lives yeah. in a completely different continent, effectively. Um, and it's just, it's been such a wonderful journey so far. And it's brought so many incredible things to my life, um, mm. which shows it's worth starting. You know, I didn't start thinking, hey, I'm going to build like a platform for hundreds of thousands of people. I thought, hey, I'm going to start a, a magazine which brings people together and helps people stay connected in lockdown. And it's growing completely organically from there. And it's been a beautiful journey. That's the difference, isn't it? You know, starting something because you you care about it. You know, you, there's a reason for starting it as opposed to starting something for success. You know, a lot yeah. of people get it wrong. They're like, well, how can I be successful? You know, I'm going to start this and I'll be massively successful. But if you do it for I just want to do good, you know, I just want to make mm. change, I just want to help people, you do it for the right reasons, often the success comes, you know, whatever success means to you. Some people think it's money. Some people think it's happiness. Some people think it's connection. It doesn't really matter, but it's we're starting it for the right reason is what matters. Do you know that you, I know this is going to sound um, extreme, but I don't think it is, you Starting that magazine just because I want to connect people, you know, I want people not to feel isolated. You probably saved many, many lives, do you, do you know, because a lot of people were, and I know it sounds extreme and I know in that, but people were taking their their own lives, you know, during COVID and because of isolation and loneliness and that sort of stuff and feeling like um, you've already got a cohort of people in the world that feel like nobody understands me, you know, nobody else is going through what I'm going through. And then you put the COVID layer on top of that, you know, and it's even more compounded. And then you come along and you're sharing these, not, not just you, but, you know, this The Curious Times comes along and suddenly people are going, wow, there are other people out there experiencing what I am experiencing i'm not alone you know that's life-saving did you have you ever thought of it to that degree well now you mention it i suppose i haven't but um that certainly makes it a lot more meaningful and i have heard a lot of um different stories from people who have been impacted saying like it's been a total lifeline um yeah. and it's changed my life which has been um really incredible actually because mm -hmm. to think that just like three years ago this didn't exist and yeah 
that we were able to build that and help those people was incredible. So, um, yeah, I, I suppose it could have, yeah, possibly. Um, you're saying could have possibly. I'm saying I bloody guarantee that you've you've saved lo- at least one life, if not multiple lives. And I know we can never, when we do things like this, we can never measure it. You know, we can never... Mm. We can never know, but let me just give you an example. I, I was, um, I went to a leader. I was doing a facilitating a leadership course on um, Sunday, and I was doing the project development um, uh, session. You know, day. And one of the girls come up to me and see. This is how we don't know who we touch. And she come up to me and she said, "I'm doing this because of you." And I said, "You're doing what because of me?" And she said, "I'm doing this leadership." course because of you and I looked at her and I thought I don't know you like like, how did this happen and she said you spoke she said I work at this place and um in in this town you won't know what I'm talking about but I work at this place in a town and you were there you know there was a conference there and you were speaking and she says, I was supposed to just wipe down the table and leave. She said, but I, I wiped down the table about six times because I wanted to keep listening to you. And she said, and then I came out of there and I thought, I'm doing this. I want I want to do that. Whatever they're doing in there, I want to do that. And and then she went and joined a leadership program. Now, had I not been there on Sunday, I would never have heard that story. Do you, you know, I just would never know that. And and this happens to me many times that people out of the blue randomly say stuff to me and I think, "Wow." And and it it's just that that it's evidence that you've got to show up at your best, yeah. you know, because you'll never know who you're impacting, you know, and you, you you don't do it to tick boxes. You don't do it like with you with your Curious Times. You don't do it to tick a box and to measure, you know, and to say, well, I'm super successful. You just do it no. because it's the right feeling and you you just hope that, that it's going to change somebody's life. So, you know, I think you probably... I think you're not aware of. I think the impact is bigger than you realize. It's far, more far-reaching than you realize, and the ripple effect is um, phenomenal. And I guess you'll never know. But um, yeah, well, that story that you just highlighted is incredible and really, really inspiring. And I, mm-hmm. I do hope that I've had similar impact. But I mean, those kind of things they must motivate you more than anything to keep going. They do. Uh, and it's the exact same for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's um you know I, these are every time I think ah oh, you know I don't know I don't know am I doing the right thing something like that happens every time and it's kind of like this indicator yes you're on the right path yes you're on the yeah. right path you know it's, it's great now you were talking before like you you said it twice I was ten and then I said I just built a website you know that kind of thing a lot of um people and I'm not talking about just young people all people have ideas. And then yeah. they don't follow through. Do you know they like the thought of building a website is kind of like, ah, well, I I don't know how to do it. I'm not going to do it. Therefore, I'm going to stop. So there's a lot of dreams that never actually come to fruition. And there's a lot of people that miss out because that dream never come. And I don't mean the creator. I mean the people as just that we've been talking about, you know, the people who yeah. get to, um, to get something from it. So it, a lot of this is about self-doubt. Not not from you, but from these other people. How, from where you sit as a young person, how, how do you reckon people can overcome self doubt? 
<laughs> Sorry. That's a good question. That's a big question. But um, how do I think people can overcome self-doubt? I think believing in yourself is a massive part of it. But then I suppose that is like not believing in yourself is self-doubt. So yeah. it's not very helpful. Uh, <laughs> but I, I spoke to, I had this wonderful experience on Friday night where I, I went to watch the Birmingham Royal Ballet um, in Edinburgh, actually. Uh, and they were they were dancing Swan Lake, but beforehand there was a pre-show talk with the person who played Odette the night before, this wonderful dancer from Vancouver, and and I asked her what her advice for young dancers was, and she said trust your technique, and I think this is just as applicable in young people today and self doubt. You've got to trust yourself, and you've got to trust your own ability that taking that first step will lead to good places. It might be difficult along the journey, but that first step's pretty difficult. Um, I mean, for me at the moment, like I've got my, my big like national exams coming up in two weeks. Wow. And as soon as I start revising, then I'm in the flow of things. But just starting to revise is the most difficult thing. You know, that, that degree of procrastination, you know. But as yeah. soon as you begin, you know, you're, on, you're set on a path and it's so much easier. So I, I definitely say get off the bench and, <laughs> and start. Um, yeah. and, and then things will start to piece together like organically and, and they'll grow. I agree with that. Absolutely agree. And it's, it's, it, this, the first step is the hardest. It, it is always the yeah. hardest and all that procrastination and the fear and everything just sitting there, sitting there, sitting there. And then if you just take that one step, you go, oh, I did it. I did it. And then yeah. and everything else comes after that. But I know we're making it sound easy, um, you know, because we've both started multiple projects and people go, yeah, but you two have got something that I don't have. And people say that to me all the time. You've got something I don't have. And I don't believe that at all. I think the difference no, is just we started. Did We just yeah. we just took a step and and. You know, I've got a few things that um, that I've got projects that did not start, were not meant to be how they've turned out. You know, they started completely different and um, they ended up being, get off the bench. You know, I, I was at a, I was doing a workshop and uh, I was telling, helping people kickstart their projects. It was only an hour. And I said, oh, this isn't long enough. It's not long enough. There's so many things I want to tell you. And as I'm going through the workshop, I'm like, oh, no, you need to know about that. So I said, give me a, give me an email and I'll, I'll, I'll write up a PDF when I get home and I'll send you a whole lot more stuff. So I started typing it the next day and I'm like, oh, what about that? Oh, they need to know about that. Oh, they need to know about that. And, and before I knew it, I had a book. And, and if you ask me now, am I satisfied with that book? I'd say, yeah, I'd probably like to rewrite it if I ever had time. But there's so many people that have said to me, I've started my project because of your book, because I can hear your voice telling me, do this, do that, go on, go and do it, go and do it. And so it is effective regardless that I want to make it more perfect, you know. And it was yeah. never meant to be a book. And, you know, I think that that was all because I, I felt like there were people in that room who just deserve something more yeah. than what they're getting. So I think sometimes we have this big plan like, oh, I can see success and I want to do this and I want to do that. Sometimes I think just something feels good in here. Just just go ahead and see see where it leads to. That's. And do you think it's made it even more special with Get Off the Bench, the fact that, you started and then it's grown into this book when originally it wasn't supposed to be. Yeah. 
Yeah. I would definitely say so. It was just a one, that was three or four days into it, and I thought, I think I've got a book. I think I've got a book. And, and the whole thing was written in about four weeks. Like the, the, and I didn't care for editing. I did edit it, but not not much. I was just like, yeah. ah, you know what, people need. And, and the thing that made me not procrastinate and be perfect about it was because I knew I had a bunch of people sitting there waiting for my PDF. <laughs> and I felt like I was letting them down if I didn't get it to them. So I just thought, oh, bugger them. I'll send them a book. That'll be so much better. They get a book, you know. So it actually yeah. stopped me doing that whole taking two years to write a book. It, it, it just yeah. fling it out there and it is what it is. And sometimes, you know, we I think we ruin ourselves with perfectionism. You know, we mm. has to be perfect, has to be. I just think... And my my um my one planet classrooms project in Africa. I won't go into it. It's a big story, but it started off as a Skype project, you know, between wow. schools. And 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 uh, it, it was never going to work. I just was so excited. Let's your school in Africa Skype with a school in Australia. Be fantastic and send all these laptops over there. I nearly got people killed sending laptops over. And, you know, all oh sorts of. I know. Probably shouldn't say it on the anyway, but I'll I'll tell you later. Oh, I'd love to hear the story actually, because that sounds fascinating. Oh well, I'm quite entertaining, if I'm honest. All right. Well, it's Fine. a very long story. I'm going to cut it right down to just a few minutes. But right. um, I wrote Magnificent Kids. I I had a picture of it on the internet. A guy from Africa says, "Where can I get the book?" I sent it to him. He says, um, he he messaged me and said, "I want to start a magnificent class." I said, "Great!" Oh, he said, "Can you Skype with my kids?" I said, "Yeah." And then I said, "Oh, I've got a better idea. Why don't I get some kids in the book to Skype with your?" Kids, that was fantastic. And then I said, I've got a better idea. What about if our class, you know, I get a class in Australia? And he said, that's fantastic. He says, I don't have a laptop. And I thought, oh. <laughs> so I, I put a thing on Facebook say, anyone got a laptop? Next thing I've got 30, like three zero, 30 laptops. Wow. What am I going to do with 30 laptops? And I thought, oh, well, I can, I'll have to start up a business. So I started One Planet Classrooms as a business, um, completely Knew nothing about not for profits. I just, I just thought I will start it. Um, come to tax time, I got four thousand dollars in the bank from, from donations. I thought, oh shit, I'm going to have to pay tax on this. I'm going to have to start up a not for profit. So I somehow figured out how to do that. But then I, I eventually got them. I wanted to send them by post, and it was going to cost me six hundred dollars a laptop, and I've got thirty of them. So I can't afford that. So I had to wait for Rotary to ship, do a shipping container, and. Um, and then uh, they went to Uganda, and Uganda's got a um, oh, what can I say? Then then you you're not allowed to have secondhand goods over there. You're not allowed. They're not allowed to ship them in because they, uh, you know, I'll probably get murdered for saying this, but they deliberately want to keep poverty in in, in action. You know, so um, so we had to get them in there, and then but this is the this is the kicker, Lewis, right? I I get these laptops over there. Finally work at a not-for-profit, the whole model. But in all that time, I never worked out that the kids in Africa were in bed when the kids in Australia were in school, so they were never going to be able to Skype anyway. I never oh, even no. <laughs> Yeah, and it gets better. I never, ever considered that I was sending laptops to a country where 95% of them don't even have power. So <laughs> it ended up, buddy, it, talk about a failure, but... And and then we ended up having to put solar systems into schools and it was like, <laughs> it just sort of went on and on and on. 
But um, it'd be so that they could use the computers, but they were never going to Skype. And then what I learned was um, that all the girls were going to uh, fetch water and they were missing out on mm. school in the afternoons. And so if they, I'm talking little kids, and if they don't pass primary, they don't get a secondary. If they don't get a secondary, they get married off to 40, 50-year-old men, you know, when they're 10, 11, 12, 13, that's a yeah. Sort of age and um and and without going into detail, it's a brutal brutal life for them. But along also along, along the track where they were getting water, and I'm talking water. It's not clean water. It's in a dirty hole where the animals are toileting in, and yeah, it's just full of bugs and worms and mm-hmm. stuff. That so it's killing the kids anyway. But all these uh, men would line the line the pathway, waiting to sexually assault the the girls, and and some of the teenage girls were exchanging sex for sanitary items so that they could stay in school so that they didn't have to get married. And it, it, when I heard all this, like I, I didn't even, I, I don't know, maybe I, I don't know why I didn't know because I always thought Africa had a water problem and it was just like Sudan and it was like desert. You know, I, I was so, so uneducated, you know, about Africa. And when I heard all this, I was like far out. You know, I, I can either... Be a failure and say, oh, I screwed that up and I should never do projects because I'm just not a planner. Or I can shift it. And I so then we started putting water tanks in schools and putting clean, clean water connections to villages and water wells and you know that sort of stuff. And um, yeah. you know, help rebuild a couple of schools and put um had a we've still got a sponsorship program started off about 180 kids you know in in so you know when you think about it that's saved thousands and thousands of lives like the ripple effect you know will we'll go down for so long and and it, it didn't start off anything like that and so I try to encourage people you know start a project anyway because even if it even if it doesn't end up what you what were you thinking it was going to end up? You, you you might still save a life. You know, you might still, and even if you impact one person, that was worth doing. You know, that was. Yeah. So there's my quick yeah. story. I hope I did that quick enough. <laughs> no, absolutely. And that was fascinating. So thank you for sharing. My, my yeah. absolute That's pleasure. Really, really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and you're absolutely right. Even if you do impact one person, I mean, it's all about like to what extent you impact them. But it, it doesn't matter really i mean you're still impacting someone's life and it could change you forever you know that's all right. i mean that's kind of like it once once you take a step back even just with one person that's kind of like incredible to think you know um yeah. yeah i was i was thinking uh it was a few months ago if you can impact now i can't remember the maths but you know you and don't 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 add up. You can add up in your head. You can actually tell me I'm probably yeah. wrong. Um, but if you if you if you reach ten people, because sometimes yeah. you know speakers like us will go to an event and and there's a thousand people there or whatever, and we kind of think, oh, you know, if a thousand people aren't um, loving it, you know, maybe it was a failure. But we've got to remember that we might only reach ten people, and if those ten people are really impacted, and they tell ten, there's a hundred, and if they tell ten, there's a thousand, you know, or impact ten, there's a thousand, then there's ten thousand, and my a hundred thousand, I'm going to keep going. Uh, you know what? You know what I'm saying? So before we know it, like a lot of people say, I would never impact a million people, but you can impact a million people just by impacting ten in a really solid yeah. way. You know that it's the multiplier effect. 
Yeah. You know, it's yeah. so why wouldn't we try? Why why wouldn't we try? I think yeah. you know, and then ten and ten a, a million, ten million. I'm not gonna do any more maths, Lewis. Stop it. You make me <laughs> looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> no, your maths was perfect, don't worry. Yeah, I'm actually pretty good at maths, but, you know, not, not when we get up that number. Now, listen, enough about me. I want to talk about you. Um, what you got the, um, um, let me read it because I don't want to bugger up, Global Young Entrepreneur Society. Now, you started that in uh, 2021, so you mm-hmm. were still only 14, um, starting a Global Young Entrepreneur Society. So, yeah, as if the Curious Times and the ballet uh, wasn't keeping you busy enough and schooling. By the way, we, we're completely missing schooling here. Like you've still got to do school. Yeah. So why why start that and, and what's it about? Um, that's a good question. Well, um, I founded GYS with um, my business partner from Hungary, Daniel, who I actually met through the Curious Times because he – he reached out to us. He saw us in, um, I think it was the week junior. And he was like, hey, this is really cool. Um, can we come on the podcast? And I was like, yeah, sure. And then we interviewed him for the podcast. And then I was like, hey, this guy's really interesting. And he's doing like, it sounds as if he's like a like-minded individual to me, you know. Um, and and then he wrote an article and then, and then we got in contact further. And then from there, we founded GYS. Um, and like you said, in 2021, um, and today we have, we post signature content, which is like interviews with um, world leading politicians, business people, um, academics, like Harvard professors and everything, um, and entrepreneurs. And it's it's been a really uh, inspiring journey talking to to some incredible people and and learning from them. And it's been brilliant as well to be able to publicly share their mm-hmm. advice and interviews similar to the. Similarly to this, I can't speak today. Um, <laughs> uh, I, maybe it's just it's early in the morning, you know. Um, yeah, no, that's my excuse. But um, no, it's been incredible to like publicly share their advice um, online as well, and hopefully inspire a lot of entrepreneurs, and and also be able to connect a lot of entrepreneurs who are who are currently very successful under the age of um, twenty five, which has been brilliant. And obviously, we've we've run the twenty five under twenty five. Uh, scheme which is spotlighting the most uh, exceptional young entrepreneurs quite similar to your magnificent kids book um just slightly older uh it's been great it's been absolutely amazing and then um in september last year um we got invited to chamonix to to speak and represent young people at this conference we got to speak to like several different world leaders um heads of state uh it, it was just an incredible experience and i soaked up so much knowledge uh in a three-day period more more so than a, a term of school if <laughs> I, I reckon but, um no it's been it's been incredible actually uh and today we've got a, a thriving community of very very passionate either aspiring or uh exceptionally entrepreneurs uh which has been brilliant because i i felt like well the reason why daniel and i actually started it is because we felt that there wasn't such a community uh, and that if there had been, it would have accelerated our personal growth um, and also brought together a lot of change makers of the next generation. And I think that's a really important thing because um, like I said earlier, I'm a big believer in team and I'm also a big believer in getting things talked and like hashed out, you know? Um, and I think the more we talk, the more we 
like get to the bottom of the issue and know we're on the right track, building the right kind of things for a better future. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I love it. And and which country is Daniel from? I think you said it before and I missed it as you're saying it. Where was he? Where's he from? Hungary. 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 And so you're from yeah. Scotland. And you know, isn't it, isn't it brilliant? Like I like it's it's kind of like a double-edged sword. You know, we can criticize the internet and criticize social media, you know, because people are just scrolling and wasting their life, you know. But on the other end of that, you know, all the work I do with Africa and then and you knew having a business partner in Hungary, it's it's absolutely closed the world in, you know, like that we can we can easily do work with anybody from anywhere mm. in the world. And isn't that so I, I just find that fascinating and wonderful, you know, that we don't have to do business with somebody who's two doors up anymore, you know, who, who lives in the same town. We can anybody anywhere and the whole world is at our fingertips. Far out. Yeah. Isn't that great? No, it totally is. It totally is. And the craziest thing is I only met Daniel for the first time in person um, maybe last summer, I think. So wow. we had two years of just online meetings, like several times a week. Uh, and then we met for the first time in person last summer. It's actually crazy. And, and like, I felt like I know this guy, but yeah. I had never really, like, properly met him, given him a proper handshake, you know? But, I mean, he's, a, he's an amazing um, entrepreneur. In fact, he'd probably be a great interview for this as well because he's done yeah. some exceptional things as well. Um, fascinating yeah. guy. All right. Well, hook, hook me up. That's fantastic. So when you're saying about um, you interviewed him on the podcast, was that – with the Curious Times, did you have a podcast going with the Curious Times? Is that yeah, 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 and and we had interviewed um, quite a wide variety of people, as well as having like a, a Curious Times show, which would be like a regular like news update um, and entertainment update, uh, product reviews, all those kind of things. Wow. Um, but yeah, we interviewed like Dame Jacqueline Wilson and a bunch of different really interesting authors and uh, people that kids found fascinating and they would just email in saying like hey could you get this guest on and we we're like sure we'll try our best and yeah most and most people time. are saying yes to you yeah 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 well that's that's the wonderful thing right because um we were talking about age discrimination earlier and it's it's often really difficult to come across as authentic and credible as a young person you know um especially like in the business world a lot of people like will wouldn't be willing to like trust you with money or anything like that but it is a double-edged sword yeah. um and and because you're so young people are like actually this is a like a really incredible project that you're doing and i want to be involved in this i want to support young people and give back yeah. um a lot of people are willing to do that and that's been a really positive thing actually yeah a lot of people are willing to do that, and I think you know it's a. We've got to we've got to believe in you. Like I, I'm sixty, I got to believe in you because you know you're the future. And I mean, I can say, well, you know, I'll be dead in thirty years, and it doesn't matter. But I don't think like that. I think you know yeah. we're leaving the world behind. You know, somebody's somebody's got to be looking after it. You know, somebody yeah. has, to, has to take. I saw it. a brilliant quote the other day, which was, um, I think it was, uh, the world grows better when old men plant trees of which the shade they know that they will never sit on it yeah and, and old ladies too you know I, that's yeah, my yeah, yeah. Sorry, it's, it's a dated quote but I, I just wanted to 
Get it properly. That's my quote. I say that all the time. Is no way, really. I do all the time. I want to plant the tree of the shade that I'll never get to sit under. Yeah, I say that all the time because, you know, it's um, we don't have to sit under it. Just I hope some kid, I hope some future generation sits under what I planted. And it's a metaphoric tree, of course. You know, you know. Yeah, yeah. I hope what I do. Uh, you know, impact someone many generations down. It's so, yeah. so important. Um, you were just saying about you went and uh, did that talk, you know, and uh, yeah. and how did you say it? Sham- I would have said Shamanix, but I've got no idea. How did you say it? Doesn't really matter. Shamanix. Germany, in France, and and yeah. you know you were standing up in front of all these um, you know heads of state and world leaders, and and you got to do an opening plenary and a closing plenary, and yeah. you, I know that you're really proud of the fact that you got to be a voice for young people in front of all yeah. these. Um, Potential, I'm going to say important people, and I don't like to put anybody above anybody else. I don't believe in that because we're all we're all just as good as each other. But people who do have influence to make a make a change, you yeah. know, that's the thing. What were you talking about? Like, what did you present to them? Yeah. Um, well, the funny thing is, is for for the opening thing, we we arrived because we were invited to the summit, and I didn't actually like. I wasn't quite sure if we'd be able to get given the opportunity to talk. And then about a minute and a half beforehand, the guy who was leading the opening plenary was like, yeah, um, we've decided that you guys are speaking, so just prepare <laughs> something now. And I was like, okay, okay. And um, and they wanted us to, to um, essentially open with all of the issues that are overshadowing and, and facing young people and, and my generation. So that's things like the debt crisis, global um, geopolitical instability, like climate change, to name a few. Um so outline the issues um, and where young people's concerns lie. And then the idea was that over the summit, there would be brainstorming on how we would uh, tackle these issues uh, and create a better future for young people, as well as um, improve the world today. Yeah. So it was, it was mostly uh, outlining today's issues and, um, and what what kind of future our generation would like to see? Wow, you know there are some older people who say there's no such thing as climate change. That's a load of shit. You know, um, this is yeah. just patterns that the world has. You know, and all that stuff. And then you say, well, the young people are worried about it. You know, like the young people are concerned because they're lives are at risk, you know, because uh, without being, I'm just sort of being black and white here without, I know it's grey because we've screwed up the planet, you know, we've been uh, careless with it, which most old people don't want to, don't want that responsibility or accountability. I do. I think we have. And um, (laughs) what's your thoughts on that? What's your comeback to that? Because, you know, it's almost like when I hear it, I get really mad because it's kind of like they're just disregarding the concerns of young people. They're just kids. What would they know? You know, they just need to get to school and bloody, you know, shut up and do as they're told, but they're all bloody protesting about it. And it's like, it's like you don't matter. It's like we're giving you the planet in a, in a completely screwed up state and we don't give a toss what you think. But from a from a teenager's point of view or a young person's point of view, 
how does that feel? Like, how does it feel when we're just burying our heads? I'm not, but I'm just, you know what I'm saying, burying our yeah. heads in the sand saying, too bad. Wow. You do. Yeah, well, fortunately, that's not a view that I come across often. But um, as a young person, I'd feel disappointed, even more anxious because of that, because then I'd know that the, the people in a position of power or wealth or uh, authority at this time aren't doing enough about it and aren't taking accountability and responsibility, like you're saying, and moving on and tackling the issue. Mm. Um, yeah, that I wouldn't feel good, but, I mean, all the scientific evidence should be enough, um, especially for someone who is old enough or educated enough to, you know, even be able to read them. They should gather a good enough understanding of it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean... There's a lot of work that needs to be done, and I don't think there's there's room for that kind of discussion or climate change denying. Like we really need to get on with it, yeah, and and start fixing it big time. I think I think a good way of doing that for an older generation would be to divert the right resources to the right places. So take the money away from things like fossil fuels, put it into renewable energies uh, and green projects. Um, or solar farms in Africa or like positive uh, environmental and social projects that actually need the money. Uh, mm. Government should stop subsidizing um, oil billionaires and, and big corporations that aren't doing good for the planet. Uh, all of these different things. Uh, I mean, even, even something as, as simple as their vote yeah. to be put in, in the right place that's not killing the planet would be a good start. And that doesn't cost them anything. Yeah. Um, and but but it comes back to what I was saying earlier about listening, and I think that's really important. And you were just mentioning, uh, you were describing sort of the approach of some older people about disregarding the views of young people. Mm. And I'd ask what what century they're in, you know, because that's that's not really done anymore. I mean, like they're in like the Victorian era or something. But um, no, I think listening's really really important. Yeah. Not, and I and I think this. This goes both young people to uh, older generations and older generations back to young people as well. Because, I mean, we're interested on, on why they might believe uh, what, what they opinionate, you know? Yeah. I think I think it's, it's funny because you say, in what century is this happening and in what planet are these people? These people do exist. And I, mm. I think that why you, you said, I don't come across that very often. But this is, this is such an important point you bring up it, it, that we should hang around with the right people. I mean, I know we've still got to influence people that have got poor attitudes and stuff like that. But, you know, you're, you're around a lot of people that are trying to do great stuff do you know what I mean but um yeah. my generation I, I see and hear a lot of people saying ah it's a load of bullshit you know that's just a load of shit and I hear it all the time and and so yeah. we've got two completely different perspectives you know I'm hearing it all the time you're hardly ever hearing it and 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 I love what you said in what era in what bloody world on what planet yeah. is it okay to be talking like that and I just wish that we would all come together and some people say, I don't give a shit, you know, I'll be dead soon. And I think, but 
what about the kids? Like, don't you have kids? Don't you have grandkids? Don't you care about it? And they're like, oh, yeah, well, they can, it's, you know, they'll fix it, you know, and it's, wow. So it stresses me out too. Do you know, I, I'm an older generation, older than you, and I, I worry about it. And I've, I've worked with yeah. a lot of um, young people around the world, you know, helping them to kickstart climate change projects and that sort of stuff. And I don't know enough. I don't know anything about climate change. I, I don't, I'm not an expert on it, but I know how to kickstart a project, you know, so that's, that, that's yeah. my specialty. They're the, they know stuff that why wouldn't I help them? Why wouldn't I help them get the, get it off the bench, you know, and get moving. So I just wish more yeah. people would do that. And you know, I really do because I worry, but I don't want to make this about stressing about the planet, but you know, we've got yeah. to, we've got to pull our fingers out and, and care more. We have to. Yeah. Well, no, I totally agree. I mean, that, that kind of approach pisses me off too. Um, but I, I don't think those people should be forgotten because I, I think as soon as they're isolated, you know, it can, it can become more extreme. Yeah. Um, so I'm all for inclusivity uh, and patience in in trying to educate them on where the planet's at or any of these issues facing young people. Um, and I think, yeah, I think patience is required for it. But yeah, it, it's frustrating for sure. Yeah, patience and kindness. I think we need to, you know, we've got to. Yeah, and understanding as well, because they they've grown up in a different time, perhaps or. Or they've had a, yeah, I mean, I, I can't begin to imagine. I've always grown up with a time um, in which the internet's been capable of ridiculous things. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I can't really begin to imagine anything else because I've not lived in that time, you know. Yeah. So you, you've got to come from a perspective of understanding to, to try and bring people together, I guess. Yeah. Well, I, I can remember I... When I was a kid, we didn't even have colour TV. So, <laughs> so I remember when colour TV came out and I was about 10 and, and my yeah. my best friend got a colour TV and I went round to her place and I said, can you turn on the TV? I just want to see what it looks like. And she was so nasty. She said, no. She said, it just looks the same but in colour. And I was I was devastated. I'm like, show me the colour TV. <laughs> yeah. So I, I have lived through that, but um, you know, in the internet, the internet, you wouldn't, you wouldn't believe what, how hard it was to get onto the internet when I, when it first came out. It it would it would do that round and round for like half an hour before you can even get one web page to load. It was back then we had yeah. more time, I think. Anyway, you now you've also, now we carry supercomputers in our pocket. Crazy. Yeah, that, exactly. I know, and I remember when smartphones came out. I was too scared to have one. I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't understand it. I'm like, you can't do the internet on your phone. Like that's ridiculous. And it took me about four years to embrace the smartphone because I was like, I, I couldn't even fathom it. You know how can how can you have the internet in your pocket? And it was just a, amazing. Anyway, I'm showing my age, so let's stop. Um, so <laughs> you uh, now you, you, at the moment you you are working on. Um, it's in, it's in product development stage, and and you're working on a yep. subscription based product um, called Scrannables, and you describe it as the um, the world's fastest growing uh, snack brand, and I love it, and it's all healthy, it's great, it's um, environmental packaging and all that kind of stuff. So, um, what's happening there, and when can we get our mouths around it? Uh, that's good. Yeah. Um... 
So yeah, fun and uh, tasty, sustainable snack bars, uh, like you're saying. Um, we're also a subscription-based business model, so that's that's quite unique for the industry as well. Um, and yeah, we're still in the product development stage, but very very exciting times. I mean, I'm I'm a hungry guy, right? So I I'm always snacking. I mean, if anyone knows me like personally, I'm I'm always snacking something. So why not snack my own bars? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> But like similarly to all my projects, um, there's got to be some like charitable benefit to it, you know, because um, this will be the first uh, in, I don't know, four years or something that isn't uh, either a non-profit or a charity, which is quite exciting for me as well. But um, we're giving 10% of our profits to youth mental health charities because we're selling to, um, well, I suppose we're selling to parents, but for kids to have um, snack and, and variety in their snack. Because in isn't uh, I'm not even speaking again, and it's not even that early in the morning, so I'm losing <laughs> my excuse as well. <clears throat> no, but um, because we're we're selling to kids so that they have um a different snack bar for each day of the week, which is quite which is quite nice. So you get like a a weekly subscription box, um, and then you can take them to school. And we ran a um a pre-launch uh, marketing campaign to see if people like our idea and it it was a huge success so we had over 400,000 views uh on social media um before we even had a product or anything and that was without like paid advertising or anything so it was completely organic but the whole vibe of the brand is like super fun super tasty um and obviously ticks all the boxes healthy sustainable everything like that I love it and and unfortunately um it's only going to be in uh, Scotland until it until it really kicks off. But I can't wait for it to get to Australia. When your cousins come out here to Australia, can you send some yeah. out for me and get them to? Send of course, me? you'll be the first to receive them, Karen. Don't worry. <laughs> I'll send some over just for you. <laughs> I can't wait. You better tell me when they're out. It just sounds oh, well. fantastic. And I love that you're doing a for profit. I love that you know, and, and giving yeah. some to uh, like the social. Oh God. Uh, what, what's that? What's that um, model called? Uh, why have I lost? See, I can't speak either. I'm, the older I get, the more. I don't worry. I don't know. Maybe it's the weather. I don't, I... <laughs> well, it's you know, it's late at night here, and it's early in the morning there. So that, so that's yeah. fair enough. So, um, all right. So I'll go. I, look, Lewis, I have loved this. You are just sensational. I'm so glad we connected. This is product. This um podcast to get off the bench, right? So I have Amazing. to ask you my get off the bench question. And so okay. there's going to be a stack of people out there listening, you know, um, some youth, uh, probably not, I don't know, but who who knows. But anyway, people are going to have an idea and they don't know, um, not that they don't know where to start, they probably don't have the courage to do it. Yeah. And, and I see this all the time and I ask all my guests, give me some words of wisdom, give the people, some, my listeners, some words of wisdom to push them over the edge and get that thing going. So what's your advice? I mean, I I hope this is useful enough, but I'll just say take that first step and trust in your own ability. Uh, and I think that's really important. You know, believe in yourself and believe that you're capable of achieving the first three steps, say. And as soon as you're done those, you're looking at the next three steps. Yep. Or or focus on the next step after that. And then suddenly you're breaking down a huge staircase just to one step at a time. And it's so much easier. 
so much easier and allows you to focus on it and take that step properly. Plant your foot, you know, and then be able to leap five steps up next time. And I also think it's okay that you can take one step back to take two forward. I think that's perfectly natural that you can, you know, like there have been times in my life where I've like taken a step back and then realized like maybe I should be reevaluating where I'm putting my resources and my time. Yeah. And I think that's totally fine as well. Like that's that's quite sensible sometimes. Yeah. Um, but just really believe in your own ability and and try and um, build the courage to take that first step. And it, it's much easier once you once you start. I mean, and and like both of us were saying today, like you might start something believing that it will turn into this and then suddenly it'll squiggle off and build into something beautiful over here um, that you never would have expected. And it's it's always worth it as well. Even even if it's not what you originally anticipated, there are so many unseen benefits to it. um, And it's it's always worth it. Even if it fails, completely flops. You would have learned so much from it, you know? And um, so it's worth it. Take that first step. Believe in yourself. I love it. And and I love what you're saying about believe in your ability. And so what happens is a lot of people will believe that they can't do that big thing, but all you got to do is believe mm. in your ability. Have I done it before? Did I learn to use a smartphone? Yes, I did. Did I learn to drive a car? Yes, I did. You, you know, and, and it's just do I have the ability to do it? Yeah, I do. So give it a crack. I absolutely love it. Um, Lewis, I have loved chatting with you. I'm hanging out for me Scrannables bar. but (laughs) I'll send them over. Fantastic. Now, where can people find you? Um, You could find me on LinkedIn or on the Curious Times website, GYS website. Um, So that's gys.org, curiostimes.co.uk. Um, scrannables.com very 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 soon um, yeah or any of the Instagram accounts from those but it's been such a pleasure speaking to you thanks so much for this opportunity Karen uh, it's been great talking to you too I absolutely love, love you young people and you are just a, you're a bloody gem you really are you probably don't hear people say that too. you're a bloody gem see us oldies have got some good terms haven't we yeah yeah, yeah. I'll use that one just for you yeah. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, thanks so much, Lewis. Appreciate it. Amazing. Thank you so much. See ya. Oh, guys, I hope you absolutely bloody love that. And I did. I reckon Lewis is, well, I I was going to say genius, but I don't even know about a genius. He's just a bloody ripper. Like to start at 10, well, I suppose he started really getting into the ballet at three and really started to, you know, be extraordinarily talented. But, you know, starting to be an entrepreneur entrepreneur at 10 and then 12 and then 13 and then 14 and now 16, he's conquering the world. And I just think that, you know, sometimes we we hold ourselves back and we put a lid on our jar, you know, and we, we're like... Uh, I don't think I can do that. And what if I fail? And what if people criticize me? And, you know, what if, what if, what if? I mean, all these what ifs, you know. Now, last week, as I said, I did the thing on quitting. And, you know, sometimes we're not where we should be. And sometimes we do have to stop. But if you've got an idea and you just, it's burning you up inside and you just can't let it go, please, for God's sake, believe in yourself. Just, 
Give it a go. And as Lewis said, he says, the same as me, take that first step. And that first step is so bloody hard that, that given it is, it's bloody hard. But, man, when you get to do what your heart's screaming at you to do, God, it's worth it. And if you impact lives at the same time, wow, I don't reckon there's anything better in life that's that's the pinnacle. So if you've got something to do, please go do it. Anyway, I hope you uh, loved, loved Lewis, but actually there's one more thing I've got to say. Uh, the fact that he's so young and he talked about ageism and often we look at young people and we think you're too young, you know, uh, and, and young people say, I'm too young, you know, I can't do it. But at the it's also at the other end of the scale, and a lot of people say, I missed the boat, I'm too old, you know, I shouldn't be doing that, I've, I've lived my life, you know, blah, blah, blah. Now, listen, I just turned 60 last week, and I'm I'm still just starting. So I, I don't know, I'm going to keep going until my body just doesn't want to do it anymore. If you're, um, if you're standing and you're upright and you're, or even if you're just upright and you've got, and your mind still bloody works, do something, please do something. You are not too old. You are not too young. You're not too anything. The world needs what you've got. Anyway, I hope you love that. I'm going to stop ranting. Uh, please follow Lewis. I'm going to put all that stuff in the show notes. And thank you again for joining me. And I will see you again next week. See ya. Thanks for joining me. As always, I hope this episode inspired you. If you know somebody who's taken courageous action to create something that's making a difference for other people, let me know about it. Go to my website, karenvaughan.com. Tinker around there, have a bit of a look and send me a message. I can't wait to hear from you. And remember, you're worth it. Your unique talents and gifts need to be out in this world. And I'm so passionate about inspiring you to achieve that. So you've listened to this episode. Just say yes, make the decision and put one foot in front of the other. See you next week.